from the Jewish Book of Days by Jill Hammer. Yesterday, 13 Adar, the three days, the fast of Esther. Mordechai had this message delivered to Esther. Do not imagine that you will escape with your life by being in the king's palace. On the contrary, if you keep silent in this crisis, relief and deliverance will come to the Jews from another quarter while you and your father's house will perish. Perhaps you have attained to royal position for just such a crisis. Esther chapter 4 verse 12 through 14. Live with your eyes wide open. Prepare yourself always to hear the voice that calls you to fulfill your mission. You are on this earth for a purpose, at least one. Meaning may not come like mine came, urgent and clear in the voice of Mordechai, a life or death choice, my people's fate in the balance. Tamara Cohen praise her works. Rov Kohenet Jill Hammer writes, This day is the fast of Esther, a remembrance of Esther's three-day fast in the story of Purim. This fast recalls an ancient symbol, the descent into darkness. In an ancient Sumerian myth, the goddess Inanna descends to the underworld where she encounters her sister, the queen of death, and dies. After three days, her allies send help. Small holy creatures revive Inanna and lift her out of the underworld. Esther has a similar three-day period of descent, after which she arises reborn. The king of Persia issues a decree that on the 14th of Adar, all his citizens are to murder and pillage the Jews when Esther's uncle Mordechai asks her to interfere. Esther demurs, saying the king will punish her for appearing without permission. Mordechai reminds Esther that she too may perish in the slaughter. He asks her to reflect that the saving of the Jews may be her destiny. Esther agrees to go to the king, but first she fasts.
When she emerges, Esther dresses in robes of royalty. She goes to the king, and he admits her with joy. Esther's three-day descent into the depths of her soul suggests the earth's descent into winter and its emergence full of radiant life. Esther reminds us that we too have choices to make, even if they are not as dramatic as her own. We too have a destiny. We must not flee out of fear. Intuitive Public Media works to coordinate common denominator situational solutions that center Black, Indigenous, Jewish, and all people of color who are severely disabled, violently intersectionalized, multiply marginalized, and cannot find help anywhere else. We build active daily community relationships that include both severely affected survivors and our able-bodied, intersectionally privileged allies. Thank you for joining us on this community journey. Support Intuitive Community by navigating to intuitive.community/donations. You can donate to the Emergencies Fund directly, which serves urgent present need by navigating to paypal.me slash intuitive invisibles broadcast to us by navigating to anchor.fm slash intuitive public media slash message and find more ongoing at intuitive.pub slash media There is a note here in our channel on Telegram Messenger, Intuitive Community, which you can search for on Telegram Messenger, or you can navigate to it using your web browser, t.me slash s slash intuitive community slash one, two, four, zero. This is a post about Lila June Johnston, who I hope you will follow and support at every opportunity. This is Intuitive Community 1240 and also Intuitive Community 1241.
consider joining this list right away for emails, gifts, early awareness of crucial content, and caring community collaborations. You can find more information at Intuitive Public Radio 6742. That's t.me slash s intuitive public radio slash 6742. Intuitive.pub mail, M-A-I-L, and intuitive.pub slash amp. Thank you for amplifying this important message. Intuitive public work groups. Join this support for situational solutions, caring social activities, and inclusive community resourcing. Email grow at intuitive.community for assistance. Find more information at Media Workspace 285 on Telegram and intuitive.pub slash workgroups. Our efforts in coordinating our community resourcing all in one accessible place for those who most need that resourcing from February 24th, from long before February 24th, through the 25th and the 26th (coughs) is what I am currently exploring. We have a note here from exactly 12.12 in the afternoon on February 28th, after some days of working through materials that we have all found both challenging and relieving simultaneously. This comment here, why are these efforts and organizations putting more power into the hands of people who already have problematic, racist, untrusted power instead of into the hands of the indigenous and first peoples of each location? That is a question that we are asking so repeatedly. It's bewildering when answers are not more forthcoming, because this is something that we all have expressed great care for. Something that we have all said, this worries me. And often the same places where we're saying those things, we are also confused about why we are still giving power to the most violent people. You can find more of that conversation located at Austin IPR on Telegram Messenger number 1148. Being forced to rely on people and institutions that refuse to recognize the ways they're compromising your safety, especially when they are widely sharing your personal and crucial information. 
this is being forced out into public. Broadcasting to request help from all who may hear this. The ones perpetuating the violence seem to hope that we will die before succeeding. Unless perhaps the opposite conceptualization could possibly be a present collective manifestation. co-creating strength together through traumatic experiences. And I can frame it positively. But do we want to allow violent actors to continue doing it? Megan Elizabeth Morris. You are listening to this intuitive public radio, and if you want to, you can call us to leave a voicemail we will play on the air at the following number. 412-353-9378. And I think there's a one to add at the beginning in some way if you're outside the United States. Who would like to help me test this? Thank you for your help, gratitude, blessings. Today, February 25th, 2021, 13 Adar, 5781. We are opening to a random page in Rav Kohenet Jill Hammer's book entitled Return to the Place, The Magic Meditation and Mystery of Sefir Yetzirah. Practice the Depths, Chapter 1, Number 7, The Depths of the Sephirot, Page 47.
Close your eyes and breathe out. You are looking down into a well. This well contains all space and time and all beings that have ever been. Look into the well and see the past that shaped you. Look into the well and see the future you are shaping. Look into the well and see what is above you. Look into the well and see what is below you. Look into the well and see the good in your life. Look into the well and see what is harmful in your life. Look into the well and see your life as an integrated whole. Look into the well and see the sacred center. Look into the well and see yourself at the center. What do you feel and know at the center of all things? Breathe out and open your eyes. Love is the answer. The key to peace. All the ways we are taking care of one another in the midst of this Mishkan. The tabernacle that travels with us through all our experiences. How being part of caring community uplifts us, strengthens, and gets our needs met most easily. I am so proud of these brave blessings and how we're keeping them going.
You are listening to this intuitive public radio, and if you want to, you can call us to leave a voicemail we will play on the air at the following number, 412-353-9378. And I think there's a one to add at the beginning in some way if you're outside the United States. Who would like to help me test this? Thank you for your help, gratitude, blessing. From the Jewish Book of Days by Rav Kohenet Jilhammer. Today is 14 Adar. Removing the masks. Purim. The king asked Esther at the wine feast, What is your wish, Queen Esther? It shall be granted you. And what is your request? Even to half the kingdom it shall be fulfilled. Queen Esther replied, If your majesty will do me the favor, and if it pleases your majesty, let my life be granted me as my wish, and my people at my request. For we have been sold, my people and I, to be destroyed massacred and exterminated. Esther chapter 7 verse 2 through 4 What did the money issued by Mordechai and Esther look like? They had Mordechai on one side and Esther on the other, or... They had sackcloth and ashes on one side and a crown on the other. Esther Rabbah, chapter 10, verse 12. Rabbi Jilhammer writes, Today is Purim. Jews read the book of Esther in the evening and morning blotting out the name of Haman with merry noise and celebrating Mordechai and Esther and sometimes Vashti too, with cheers. Costumes are worn as part of the celebration. The costumes and masks we wear on Purim remind us of the masks in the Purim story. At the climax of the biblical story, Esther invites the king and Haman to a wine feast and begs the king to stop the massacre of the Jews. Esther unmasks three people. She unmasks herself as a Jew. She unmasks Haman as a villain. 
and she unmasks the king who has callously and greedily agreed to allow Haman to kill the Jews so the king can get their property. Purim unmasks all of us. It even unmasks the Jews in the story who eagerly fall on their enemies once the king has given them permission. No one is immune from the truth about his or her own dark side. In one Midrash, Esther and Mordechai issued double-sided coins in honor of Purim, with a man on one side and a woman on the other, or with a sign of grief on one side and a sign of triumph on the other. Purim is like this coin, showing us two faces in every person and circumstance. Let's see how my volume is. Hi, um, it's Evan Drakes here. Can you hear me? Hello, Max, Megan, Elizabeth Morris on the line. We are in the intuitive Mishkan at this intuitive public radio, and we're using Anchor FM to record successfully, despite my very severe circumstances and disabilities. Hi, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? It's awesome. interesting that the, the whole music didn't stop until I changed the screen. This is wild. They've upgraded this whole experience at Anchor FM. This is different than the last time we did it. Cool. So today we have a topic, I know, and I have not been allowed to eat safely, shower, or poop recently. I have stuck my broken glasses to my face with soft beeswax and a toothpick. I am very... Holy smokes. Yes, holy smokes is very appropriate wording for this situation. And I am coming now from Torah study in Davening, which I was so lucky and blessed and privileged to be able to join as more of our community members have been able to start joining this and similar activities because of the amazing energy of various Kohenet communities. Did I tell you about Kohenet communities? You didn't. Well, you mentioned them, but you didn't really tell me about them. There is a movement of re-emerging, re-manifesting, reclaiming what was uh, I, I don't know I don't know good words to say exactly because I'm holding the EMF very close to my head for us to have this conversation. But uh, Rav Kohenet Jill Hammer is a rabbi who was involved in the founding of the Kohenet Hebrew Priestess Institute. So there have long been references to Kohens, which are male priests, a kind of male priest class in Judaism, 
ancestry and Kohenet is the female form of a singular priestess and multiple priestesses are referred to as Kohanot. And they uplift so many more of the values that we have been striving to find communities that uplift, but most didn't. And when we found this community and it also has welcomed members of our severely affected communities to be included and to be able to show up anonymously if, if that's how they feel most safe joining, it's, it's very difficult to describe how amazing that is when nearly no one else was brave enough to include us. Having been in this network for years, I have a pretty good idea of how amazing that is. And let me say, it's very amazing. Um, about the EMF, you're, you're coming out nice and loud as it is. So if you want to put the tech a bit further away from your head, that should be fine. Oh, okay. And I don't, I can't really tell how, how balanced our sound is, but we'll find out and we'll get better at it. Um, so so I'm, yeah. I'm coming from Torah study in Davening and last night Shabbat and and today's Shabbat and Purim, which is now and is about celebrating and putting masks on and taking masks off and being sacred fools and telling important stories about how, hey, they didn't kill us yet. Awesome. They tried, they failed. Isn't it also? That's so relevant. Isn't it also about? I'm sorry. No, no, go, please. Isn't it also about someone who was sex trafficked? Like, wasn't Esther basically sent to become yes. the king's concubine? She was taken into his harem. Oh, I have goosebumps all over my body. Purim is so important, and it's so here for us now. The word Mishkan, did I tell you the word Mishkan yet? You Again, you said it, but I, I, I never asked you what it meant. The Mishkan is a kind of portable community temple that ensures everyone is connected to the sacred elements of community and sharing with one another a, a spiritual and often physical home for people who are forced to always be on the move. The mission. That's interesting. Isn't it though? <laughs> yes. So funny we, how as soon as you reconnected with sorry. Yes, yes, go. It's funny how as soon as you reconnected with your Jewish roots, you started finding all these things that are really resonant and useful for your exact specific mission, isn't it? There's a whole lot more information that goes along with that. We should put it on the schedule with a topic. <laughs> Maybe you could help me do yeah. that. And speaking of topics, we can sort of move towards our, our originally stated topic, um, now that I've had this opportunity to verbal warm up. <laughs> yes. And our topic, I believe, was why do you talk formally? Why do I think most oh of us? Okay, this is so interesting. Can you can you just sort of reflect for a moment about where you're coming from on that? And then I will jump in. Well, I think most of us around IPR have noticed that the way you communicate, especially in public, is often it's formal, it's official. You say, you know, you say 
do not instead of don't and things like that, you sound, um, you know, you sound quite academic. You sound like somebody making an authoritative communication rather than like someone who is chatting. And I know that that's deliberate, but I don't know quite what the thinking is behind it. And I would like to find out more about that because I think it's very important. There did I speak too fast? Nope. No, I have an accent. You're amazing. I, I am I am taking some longer pauses to absorb words. We are doing great. Yeah. When I hold the EMF so close to my head, it's especially important for me to really have somatic awareness or else I just get scrambled and I can't talk anymore. <laughs> the question you're asking, I did not even realize how related it was to what we were just talking about, the, the communities, the Kohanote. And the major first answer that I have to the question you're asking is that if someone who encounters terrible violence has the privilege, has the neurological capacity to be able to speak formally, which many or most don't. And for me, I had been through physical trauma and other kinds of trauma through my life, but nothing as extreme as what, what happened between what, what I, 2013 to now, I guess we say. Um, 2013 to now? is eight years and I just did math and that's important. So when, um, when this kind yes. of extremity happens to someone, usually they cannot speak formally. Usually they must because perhaps many parts of their verbal brain are damaged by either trauma that can be seen or trauma that can be not seen. Invisible trauma that destroys the language centers of the physical brain so that like me, for instance, um, when I when when I started um, falling down this precipice of of environmental illness and toxic injury, I lost access to the parts of my brain that could talk formally in most and in certain situations. And I didn't realize at the time that many of those certain situations were because I was being more exposed to the environmental contaminants that that the people around me were saying were totally safe and I shouldn't be worried about. And so it was very difficult for me to tell what was going on and why, because I had so much misinformation and I had people applying various kinds of pressure to me to agree with their information. And this experience is so common. There are so many people who are never counted in any kind of reckoning for the public who experience this and get completely destroyed. They wink out of being. We don't know they exist until someone tells us. And what happened to me in this circumstance was I could, for, for periods of time, and sometimes for long periods of time, I could only use spiritually scrambled languages. I couldn't put words in order without a, a terrible effort that really hurt my body. Um, I couldn't express things in the left brain kind of organized way that people expect in normative so-called merit-based 
society. And indeed, when we did subsequent brain scans, we found the same left hemisphere compromises and damage that are seen in many, many people with severe environmental and uh, illness and toxic injury. Um, there's a lot of, of destruction of the left hemisphere of the brain and the right hemisphere and the liminal processes of the brain and the corpu corp oh, I don't know if I can say it, cor cor corpus callosum, I think might be the correct pronunciation, is the the interstitial, uh, it's like a lining or it's like a, a set of connectors between the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere. And so I was forced increasingly to rely on creative, emergent, unique, personal modalities to express myself, which at first the people around me thought was fun and enjoyed. And then they didn't like it all because they wanted me to be able to communicate with them in a mainstream normative way. And I couldn't. And then I was trafficked. I remember that. Yeah. And then I was trafficked and then I was trafficked you were and then I was trafficked. And then we, we discuss this and we say, well, kind of, weren't you already being trafficked? And then we realize, yes, it does look a lot like I was already being trafficked. <sighs> Thank you for asking me that question and helping me say that. Does clear why someone like me would at every opportunity speak formally? Actually, I'm still wondering. I definitely remember that stage. You were sounding almost like Tarzan. You would say things like big, big pain in body. I still do it. When, when my, yeah, you when do. my verbal drops out, I force through words. Um, another part of this is the speaking formally because I have the privilege at all. It allows me to ask my body to speak formally, even if I can't remember what I'm saying. And that, that has been one of the, the functions that I have prioritized above all other things because it allowed me to pass in environments that otherwise would knowingly or unknowingly kill me. And I'm not talking about some kind of, oh, killing. You know, killing is lots of things. I'm talking about really extreme, drawn-out, painful, torturous deaths that people either don't notice or tell you you deserve. Ugh. I see, because someone who's speaking formally is assumed to be making sense. So if you are struggling to make sense because of neurological injury, you'll be given more of a chance to express yourself and to get to the meaning that you're trying to express if you're speaking in a privileged form of language. Yes. And also many, many different kinds of studies and projects are showing that especially when people are under the greatest of stress, and when they're in pain, and I'm not just talking about severely disabled people, I'm talking about abled people who are active in the mainstream. When people are under enough stress, they do not necessarily understand any of the words that are said. It is the energy or the emotionality that they're, they are able to understand first. And some people, that's all they get from what you're saying. And so what I found over time is if I, if I was able to ask my body to channel, and now I can't remember what I said, so if somebody asked me what I said, then I might be revealed as one of those disabled people we're trying to kill. But if they don't ask me a question, they might immediately feel safer with my, and, and, and I'm always channeling this honesty and this desire for safety for everybody, not just me. 
And so I'm hoping that they feel it. And so I'm practicing them feeling it because I don't know what I said and I don't know how they might misinterpret that. So I'm praying that they receive the emotion and the energy in the way that I most mean it. And the formal language allows them to feel a lot safer and have more of a likelihood of understanding than any of the other languages I could use necessarily. Most of the time, sometimes something else is more obvious, but formal language is a default for me when symptoms most extreme because it is being used by mainstream to harm others. Formal language in our technological platforms that are telling us to believe in things and then we, we look at the evidence behind it and we find something completely different. We've been misled. The, the formal language that is used for, for governments and political movements and, and in science and in academic environments um, these are environments where there are certain processes for interacting peaceably and diplomatically, and there are also very violent people who are part of these systems who themselves have been deprived of the Mishkan their whole lives, have never had a connection to their ancestry and their sacredness of being and their own personal sovereignty in a way that wasn't about having to destroy other living beings. And so when we talk about evil people, we are talking about very traumatized people who are behaving very differently, but we have to know that they're there so that, so that when we notice survivors switching between language modalities, we, we recognize that somebody has to be the good people using the formal language on behalf of the survivors not just able-bodied people using formal language and not knowing about survivors or evil people using formal language specifically to create populations of survivors that can easily be picked up by sex traffickers. Yes, I see, because um, people who are in the mainstream but sort of cut off from community in the meaningful sense are really used to paying most attention to whoever is speaking most formally because whoever is speaking most formally probably has the power and the money and so they need to to make sure that they're pleasing that person that's just yeah. sort of not not that they're consciously thinking that every time but it's just the vibe we have been i mean i think everyone I mean, who can't? I can't think of anyone who can't say this. We have been multi-generationally abused intentionally to make sure we forget what our natural rights are as living beings. That has been the goal of yeah. colonialism, to control the powerful so that they are represented in certain ways as the powerful and they do what, what is wanted, and to control the populace and and so on um and that's uh those are some really big things i don't know if i completed what i said did it make sense yes it did and i think we haven't only been trained to forget our own natural rights we've been trained to forget each other's natural rights i mean oh. did you have to be trained to be less generous as a child because i think most children do most children yeah. will give away whatever yeah. they're holding if, if somebody doesn't stop them yeah that that is <laughs> I don't, I don't, I may not have evolved out of that. I may not have, I, the, I think I'm glad that that part isn't gone. I think it, it sort of 
it was tried to be erased for a while and and I just couldn't bear it. I needed that part. That part has been really present for me. It has felt like it fell out of the world and we have to bring it back in. Yes, I think so. Too much giving. If everybody engages in too much giving, what would happen? But if only a few people engage in too much giving and, and we, let every, we, we let others kill them, that would be a very bad thing that we wish was not going on currently. Yes, exactly. How are we on time? And how can we, I don't know how, how can we complete our topic in, in this segment most, most resonantly? Um, it's been almost well, it's 19 minutes. One o'clock. I don't know how long this is supposed to go on for. It's supposed to go on for as long as we wish it to go on for. I don't remember what See. we've said, but if you do, it might be really neat to circle around back. I have an idea, unless you want to prefer something. Oh, no, go on, say your thing. So the Kohenet communities, that's really amazing. I didn't realize that before we were talking. Or I did in my body, and now here we are talking about it on purpose today. The Kohenet communities, one of the things that they uplift is natural emergent healing expression through prayer that can be accessible to everybody, does not rely on a particular ethnicity or ancestry. And one of the huge shocks to my physical body was discovering these communities and that a person like me was allowed to show up and just be who she is. And that had been denied me in every other case. And then especially how this has evolved towards Purim, which is now, or I, well, it's sort of yesterday and I think it's sort of tomorrow also. Um, Purim being so much about uh, the, the multiplicity of being, the different roles we play, the ways we express ourselves when, when we are experiencing things or discovering things. And so people are putting on costumes and they're doing comedy and they're flailing about and they're, they're, they're making wonderful, joyful noise, singing and, and uh, source of, um, I don't know how to say, humorous and serious kinds of praying simultaneously. And the stories that tell us so much about our lives. And for me to have experienced all of this invisibility and every single environment that I could possibly enter would be desperately unsafe um, at, at risk of great violence to my physical body if I were to show up as myself and express myself. Wow. Holy cow. And so we're talking about the formal language. And the formal language many, many times is because I was excluded from safety in using my own, whatever my expression was. And nobody knew it. Nobody knew that me and all these other people have been killed in terrible ways just for being joyful and praying, like spiritual persecution. And now this. So, I mean, life to, to expression and life to formal language. Because we, we rejuvenate both of them by, by including, <laughs> including both of them. That's brilliant. 
that really yeah that that's really speaking to me as it were thank you so much for spending time with me in this intuitive mishkan you're so welcome thank you um, what is today yeah we've got another one the 27th today is four dogs today it, it is the 27th of february yes let me just say that the 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 okay so the 27th of february 2021 is 15 adar 5781 in the hebrew calendar and in the mayan zolkin by daykeepers i follow today is called four dog or four ok and Oh, I wish I could give you more words, but I'll post things in Telegram. And people who wish to follow this conversation in Telegram can follow it at t.me slash s slash intuitive community. And because it is Space Dogs here today in the Shabbat Queen's Cosmic Sovereign Space Pod, t.me slash s slash space dog circus. Yay. What was the last thing I wanted to say? Oh, today's the 27th. Tomorrow's the 28th. That is for February. And March 1st is St. David's Day. Hooray. Do you, do you know anything about St. David's Day? Yes, yes. I'm a quarter Welsh. St. David is the patron saint of Wales. People in Wales traditionally wear a daffodil on that day. I don't... Um, or a leek if you want to be really silly. But nobody really wears it. Why? What? Leaks are the most important. I don't understand what you just said. It didn't make any sense. Um, I don't want to keep you over um, unless you tell me that that's okay. But perhaps we could schedule another conversation where we can discuss St. David's Day. Yeah, let's do St. David's Day on the first. Um, uh, what time would be good for you? We will work that out on Telegram Messenger, which I invite people to install to join us. My profile is t.me slash Max Morris. This day is so full of blessings. Thank you, Evan. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you. This is Max Megan Elizabeth Morris recording for Intuitive Public Radio. I'm glad to hear your voice. Good to hear yours, too. I gave you a call. I don't know if it got through to your end or not. Yes. That I quite did it good. I, well, I got, I got the little missed call message, and I was able to call you back successfully. And I would love to share that I called accidentally the main number for the, I guess it is the building or the community. And all the times previous to today, if I accidentally called that number, I had to hang up because my brain wasn't expecting the interaction and my verbal mm -hmm. neurology did not work. So, mm -hmm. so I would have a terrible neurological storm and it would be very painful and it would make it even oh. harder to try to call you again because I called the wrong number the first time and I have to like figure out how to sort out my neurological circuitry so that I can be out of pain and so that I can use words in a way that others can understand. And today, today, I accidentally called that number and... And I just asked them to connect me to you, and they did. <laughs> it was wonderful. wonderful. I'm so proud. Yeah. yeah now, do you remember uh, uh, the number you called? Was it 
1400 is it okay for us to mention this stuff on the recording i don't want to i don't want to mention things we shouldn't mention on the recording no it see all you if if you uh, called and um and, but you called my direct dial number. That's fourteen zero four, and what would yes. happen is it would ring um, directly to my uh, my phone in my room. And if I wasn't there to connect, then after eight rings, it would go to uh, the. Uh, uh, you know, the, the like the desk. Yeah, I didn't realize that. But um, so you, I seem to be you, able you to navigate could, it a lot better now than before. Uh huh. But, but then I'm certainly glad that you uh, were able to avoid the pain that it's involved. Oh, in, in it's such a blessing because it's a it's a doorway into continued communications instead of being stopped by the neurological violence, which is physical violence happening in my brain, in my neurons. Jim, I wondered, you're a little bit soft, and I wondered if it would be easy for you to speak up, only if it's easy. Okay, how does that sound? Is that any that, better? That's wonderful. Just um, okay. just if it's easy, because we can manage if not, but I, I just wanted to mention it. Um, okay, well, if I slip away, you do the same thing. And let me try just this and see if anything happens. You're very Does loud that, now. Yeah, what, what I did, there's a hand... Uh, device where you can pump it and it supposedly increases the volume so that's oh. what i did the second time oh cool you can even talk slightly softer now because it has made your voice very loud that's awesome good now i wonder if i could ask you a big favor which will take about less than a minute and it's that i had a cup of tea in the other room oh yeah i just want to go over I'm going to go over and get it. Let's Can have I do tea. that? Yes, go get it. I'll be right back. Bye. This is the sound of my electric tea maker. Tea maker, water boiler, 
electric kettle, hot steamy thing. Thank you, Ben. Very Thank kind you. of you. Thank you also because I have just had the opportunity to make tea. So I get to share tea with you. Oh my goodness, how about it? It's not quite tea time. Tea time usually starts about 3.30, doesn't it, 4? I think tea time of the heart at all yeah. times is most important. I, I hope that... I hope that others in the listening audience were able to take advantage of our silent moments, well, our tea-making moments, because the, I think the sounds of me making tea probably were picked up in the recording. We are, we are much closer to live broadcast today than we have ever been. And the you mean, it, you mean we're likely to have some people listening to us it today? Is not, it is not live as in this moment, but it's, oh, okay. it's almost live because we are using tool sets today that, that get the recording immediately onto the radio. So as long as we don't say anything during this conversation that we don't want recorded, I will take the entire recording and add it to the broadcast that's going out Probably really shortly after we talk. I don't know exactly when, but likely today. And okay. That is our 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 intuitive mishkan that we've been discussing. The mishkan is like a portable temple that that the community keeps and tends together, so that everyone has a place of belonging and a connection to their ancestry. So so all of our discussions are happening in that context and. It's really wonderful, and, and this tea that I'm about to sip has a really important part in it. Okay, uh, could I ask uh, the flavor of the tea? This is Padarco. It is a, is a kind of bark, and it, it, it is the bark of the Padarco tree. I think I have correct understanding, maybe, and it helps greatly to balance a person's microbiome and digestion in certain specific ways. I have been I have been imbibing it medicinally, sometimes with a little bit of lemon that I'm very lucky my dad has squeezed for me. Mm-hmm. Well isn't that interesting? Now what from what country uh, has this bar come? Do I have a let's see. I would like to know also. Sourcing ingredients is is a kind of conversations that we're having a lot and it's so important to know where what heals us and strengthens us comes from. It doesn't say on here, but it is traditional medicinals, yellow podarco. It is a tea bag and it probably says more on the box. And I might have an opportunity to look it up, but I don't know. I don't know right in this moment. Oh yeah, let's not worry. It's just that uh, behind that was the uh, expectation that you were liable to say India, and the the kind of uh, just background music, if you will, that says, "Isn't it wonderful that with all the disadvantages that India has." 
it's a kind of the source of um, of healing for so many people. Oh, and there's so much going on in India right now with people fighting for food sovereignty. There are there are major revolutions underway where where people are trying to survive because they've been cut off from the food they need to live. And, which is, of course, what we've all been discussing. I'm looking at the box now. You made me very, very curious. This says yellow padarco bark tababuia serratifolia. Does it say traditional medicinals is in California? But that doesn't mean the padarco is in California. I don't know. Traditionalmedicinals.com. I'm going to find out. It's important because the things that we, the things we eat and the medicines, the, the food components that are medicines for us, that are necessary, um, if we get cut off from those, we, we slowly starve to death and we don't even know it to say it until it's too late. Food sovereignty is a major subject. Thank you for bringing it up. Okay, and we'll look for some future report uh, uh, from the network. But um, thank you, for, too, uh, for the warning that uh, if there's something I don't want people to hear, <laughs> I better not say it. Yes. Well, I mean, if you did, if you needed to, that would be okay. I would not, I would not include this in today's broadcast, probably. Because editing takes a lot, a lot, a lot from me. So if I can use a whole recording, which it is what you and I have been practicing for for a while, we we have been practicing um, having having very short phone calls on a schedule because I wasn't able to do it at all before, and it was so painful and destructive to my body. But I had to practice with somebody who who was demonstrating care and respect for me. And so you and I started getting on the phone almost every day. And this is what we've been working toward. Um, gosh, a very long time, much longer than, than just this latest round we've been doing. Um, and what I can do today because of that is I can finally say, aha, here is a recording that we made sure didn't have anything we didn't want to share on it. And I know exactly how to bring that to the public radio. And my brain can think it, which we had to repair extensively. And my body functions, my hands, my, my fingers, working the computer, staying in the EMF field, can, can manage it. Um, I could not do that before. Thank you for helping me rehabilitate all of that. Wow. Well, so that so that we're we're uh, on an upswing in this regard. As we continue to do this, we should uh, be helping you to do it better. Well, that 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 is the result of us staying in contact every day that we can. When mm -hmm. we're when we're aiming for every day, and I I say this to many others also, when we're aiming for contact every day then we're giving ourselves a, a, a routine and a kind of cycle that we're visiting in relationship with others and it repairs our brains. And when we repair mm -hmm. our brains, we, we do really amazing things. And we're doing really mm -hmm. amazing things. Blessings. What? Well, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. 
Well, uh, do you have a point of entry that uh, you've been thinking about or uh, is coming to mind right now? Should we just see if we can pick up from where we were? Do do you have anything that you would like to just sort of pipe up about or reflect? Well, I do have something, but I think we need to maybe uh, let the conversation roll for a little bit before it'll kind of pop into place. That that's cool. That, I, that's totally cool. I, I have some thoughts uh, that I can share. Okay. I'm gonna take a breath. I I want the I want the listening audience to know that that when we have these long silences, it is an invitation to meditation and breathing Mm -hmm. which we forget to do a lot so we like to broadcast it on the public public radio at every opportunity Mm -hmm. so good so i was talking with evan just an hour ago thank you thank you for what has repaired my brain so that i can remember and say such a thing an hour ago numbers left hemisphere function evan and i Mm -hmm. were talking about how survivors at violent intersections who have ongoing violence happening around and to and in their bodies um they often if they have the privilege to do so if they can they they might um, be forced to always adopt formal languaging as I have in order to communicate because we have to find a way to 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 appear um, to be part of activities where somebody might kill us on purpose because they see that we're vulnerable or by accident because they don't understand our intersections. And so this happened because Evan... Uh, who is pronouns they, them, Evan, they had asked me, uh, why do you use formal languaging so much in the way that you do? Um, and, And there are so many, so many reasons, but we got to explore just a few of them, and that was, well, I can tell time, can't I? 13.55, it's 1.55, it's almost 2, and I started talking with Evan at about 12.30 p.m., this is what we've been this is what we've been repairing my brain for. I've actually got a camera going and I have a really big grin on my face. Thank you, Jim. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Now, is is that going to show up somewhere at some point? Yeah, we want it to, but YouTube has been disabling our accounts because it's quite easy to mistake severely disabled people as scammers. And so sometimes technological platforms don't remember that we are here. Much like um, technological platforms also uh, often do not recognize the personhood of black people, indigenous people, uh, Latino people, anyone who is not part of the mainstream cultural dominant forms of expression are, are, are often not being seen by our beloved systems of technology, which is also, of course, our disability aids. So we're, we're improving our relationships and conversations with platforms like Google and Twitter and Facebook and so on, many others. Gee, could, could I just uh, interrupt? Oh, I, I can't quite uh, hear you. 
Wait, is it saying, oh, there, oh gosh. Uh, yeah, I can hear you much better now. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm wondering if uh, I could interrupt to, to say I'm surprised to hear you mention the, um, um, you know, the uh, public uh, communication systems, which you did, Twitter and yes. Facebook and so forth, because it seemed to me that's, that's far, that's uh, really the center of the, uh, you know, the, the dark um, distancing that uh, distancing. those people, you know, want to do. And, you know, that's the kind of control groups that uh, are causing so much trouble and that you seem to be just saying, I want to be in better touch with them. With with all of them, too, because I have a sense that the groups you're referring to are a specific kind of group, which we can we can talk about or not if you want. Um, but there are also quite a few other groups that are very involved at those same intersections. But because of their various and severe circumstances, no one really knows about them. And so we end up we end up really missing so much information because we're never hearing from them. And that, that is why intuitive public radio was originally established. So, so the, the intuitive public radio is uh, a way to uh, establish ourselves at the intersection of conversation. At the intersection of diverse conversations that have been excluded from awareness. We have not okay. known about them because there were people who didn't want us to know about them. Mm -hmm. That's sort of more understandable in the historical context. Yeah, and I guess I'm thinking that um, um, there are people that, they're exactly the people that do want us to to hear them so that they can feed to us the uh, you know the, the the power untruths that they're marketing yeah and and the marketing so marketing really has to be thought of in layers oh i don't know if this is going to make sense you're going to need to tell me if this makes sense jim should I try? Do you want to say anything else before I try? Because I might scramble. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, no, you, you take over. See, I, I'm, I don't want to... Oh. Um, I'm, I'm just expressing um, w w what's, you know... Yeah. Deep down here, I'm thinking, gee, I, uh, I'm surprised that, uh, that those, you know, uh, powerful... Uh, entities don't want to be heard. I guess I keep thinking they they want to get in there as much as they can and take over. Well, it's really interesting to me, and I, I'm going to do this. I feel like I can do this. I'm in the sacred womb of the omniverse. Everything is okay here. Shabbat Shalom. I really feel, and many of us feel, so many of us who are voiceless and have been voiceless, feel that 
the people who are perpetuating the greatest evils, the people who are who are perpetuating the worst violence on purpose, they are doing this because they have been forced into patterns in their lives that made their neurology work in certain ways and never work in other ways. And that is a product of environmental conditioning, among other things. Gosh, there's that old nature versus nurture conversation. Ay, ay, my brain. I need to set that aside for now. Um, people who have done, Jim, there is such terrible violence happening from one person to another and from groups of people to other groups and communities to individuals who are isolated and to whole distributed communities of survivors who are who are targeted for violence because they are vulnerable. The things that beings are doing to one another, humans are doing to one another, um, and I will just say something brief, people plug your ears if you're not ready for violent details. Um, people being cut up on purpose, there, there are people being abused in, in ritual ways and in very direct, violent ways. Um, I can't even say more words, and I don't have to. I think many people have been exposed to awareness of, of this sort of thing in different ways. But these people who are doing these kinds of things say the survivors of the experiences... The people who are doing these things are doing them because they have been conditioned their entire lives to do that. And they have never been offered something else that would make them safer. They have been given a game to play. And that game has to be executed. Terrible wording. A, 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 a appropriate wording. It has to be executed a particular way. I so much pain. So I'm so grateful for the privilege of being able to say these things because previously I could not say them and a lot of others need anyone who can to say them. Um, when, when we know that the perpetuators of greatest violence are doing it because of the effects of their heretofore environments, we can provide better environments. We know everything we need to know to provide them better environments. And that is such a source of joy and relief to people who are still being tortured every day. We, we, we continue to say we're being tortured to death because that is literally the most accurate wording for us to use to tell people our actual lived experience. And when that is continuing to go on, we know that the way we treat people who perpetuate violence has more than anything to do with whether or not that violence continues. And we can stop it from perpetuating by building inclusive communities of care and belonging. Oi, there's my Purim spiel. Enjoy. Okay. <laughs> oh, I do enjoy. Uh, <laughs> but, but again, I'm not sure um, that I have a a direct um, question or uh, comment to offer at this point. So I just invite you to maybe uh, further elucidate that because what I'm uh, running into by way of uh, blockage 
is that the the possibility of conversion of the worst perpetuators of violence. In other words, that that uh, uh, again, Facebook or uh, Google or you know well, whatever. Not, the, the I mean, not who, the whole community of any of those things, but there are bad actors in communities. I, I don't mean to interrupt, and I hope I haven't scrambled oh, what you're oh, saying. Oh, no, no, you haven't. That's good. That's exactly what I, I, I need. So you're saying it's it's a subgroup uh, which has the reputation. Well, it's a subgroup, but uh, it's, it's environmental effects are such that it's, it defines an entire power group and at that level it doesn't look that that power group wants any different environment because they have selected and delight to continue to be able to select that's so uh, interesting the way that you said that I'm sorry please continue mm -hmm. okay it, that, that it looks as if the power group and you're saying it's a subgroup of, of a larger group um, wants sure. to continue to exercise its power yeah doesn't so want to change did I do something that was no, very the, different? The group, the group, the group you're speaking of does not want to change. Yeah, that's right. That's see, and that's they don't want to change because they consider themselves to be, if you will, running the show, being the voices that are heard, you know, are influential, and uh, have found a way to be the way mm -hmm. for others. Y yes. And do not know of another way. Okay. Good. I would like to say literally cannot neurologically function for another way unless they are exposed to particular kinds of supportive environments which far from forcing change, would simply offer opportunities for change that they have never had their entire lives, maybe multiple generations of their family, I think highly likely. These are the people perpetuating the, the most terrible violence, and they're the, people, they're the people who are being emulated by communities like like the communities that I was in where, where I was being trafficked. And it was happening because there are all of these behavior patterns that are perpetuated by ongoing cyclical um, self-regenerating violence because violence and then makes more violence and then makes more violence. But when they have power 
and everyone else is so horrifically suffering and there's a precipice you can fall off as a survivor of hardship that 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 turns you i mean it puts you into a complete and utter hell that others have no concept of that can be ongoing forever you might not even die right away and when that can happen those who can emulate the patterns of even abusive power, they say, what, what, what choice do we have? And I mean, indeed, in many cases, what choice do we have? There's, there is that question. And when we create environments that are inclusive in, in a way of using this word that, that I think we'll unpack a later time, um, in inclusive in a way that there is access to resources, there is access to different compartmentalized environmental spaces where people who have only had certain kinds of experiences can have the opportunity to notice and be affected by the presence, the, the consistent caring presence of, of a community that cares about their needs and wants to respect them as a living being. If they don't know what that's like, if, if it has always been conceptualized to them, especially multi-generationally, as, as a kind of weakness or that's a thing we eat, we don't think those are people. That's something we consume. It makes us money or it, it gives us some kind of power or strength in some way. And if that's, if that's everything that they have ever known, and if community is always denied to those who may have any hint of complicity in bad things, this, this terrible paranoia we're all forced to have because nobody knows anybody, if we, if we make nourishing resources available to all, whoever, inclusively, as, as Mother Earth has for all of us, as, as the emergent sacred has to, to, become, to become material that offers us so many things that we are taking advantage of terribly and destructively in regards to planetary crises. But when we choose to be stewards of our spaces and make environments that, that have some way to be accessed by all, not necessarily all at the same time or all in the same spaces, but everyone can have access that helps them. And we can do it. We're proving it. From the very worst and most invisible and most violent of circumstances, and I am talking to you here very much proof of it, I would never be able to have this conversation this way, almost nearly live broadcast, without all of the components that I've mentioned that, that we have strived to institute and your help in that and from others in Bridge Family Group and, and other groups that we are all collaborating together. Wow, miracles. Thanks. I should breathe yeah, for a minute. Okay, yeah, catch your breath and uh, let me just be quiet briefly and then perhaps raise an objection that you could help me uh, understand better. And it's the fact that, that, uh, that you say in Texas, 
represented that uh, embraceive and inclusive mm-hmm. uh, environment that, that that you were there in in uh, in, in, in glorious ways, if you will. Um, Well, embracing this environment of inclusion, but that the people who who have t- turned against you um, somehow or other did not accept that, resisted it, failed to recognize it in you, and therefore included in their power was the power to remain in control. Well, they, they these communities, there are overlapping communities in Austin, Texas that that are, are they have different kinds of names and um, different kinds of focuses for their social activities. And they hmm. Can you just reflect back the the first part of what you said so that I can properly remember it? Well, let's see if I can remember it. <laughs> and, and, and what I'm saying is that uh, we come upon a scene in Austin, Texas, where someone who has been blessed with an inclusive environment comes upon people. Ah, inclusive, thank you. I hit a trauma block, and then some things happened, and here I am again. Inclusion. These overlapping communities in Texas, apologies for jumping in. Well, Um, no, good. No, please, straighten me out. The the communities had been supposedly about a kind of inclusion. We, we, We knew that we could only have a certain number of people that we could really directly have relationships with and interface with, but there, if, if I remember correctly through my very painful trauma brain, um, the, the, the burn communities and the flip side community talk about radical inclusion. And so the, there's a sense that these morals are supported and if you're being affected by environmental contaminants, as many of us are and were, uh, and then to terrible violence, um, as as others took advantage of us, um, this this makes it kind of confusing exactly what those words mean, and how they should be present in the community, and if they are not fully present in the community there are very violent actors taking advantage of those uh, marginalized at intersections. Okay, Ooh, but, but... Thank you for helping me make words. Please continue. Good. Well, let me use uh, personal words and see if I'm uh, including correctly or not. But... Um, sure. In, in, instead of... Uh, talking about people who have the advantage of an inclusive environment 
and the larger vision and the outreach or inclusion, um, and I'm going to put you in that category. And then uh, Marty and others, uh, you know, from more than one environmental community in Austin, but, but one that ones that are not inclusive, um, they uh, meet you and uh, are not drawn to you in a, uh, a full and uh, healthy way because their environment has been destructive. Yes, and, and, and has continue. really destroyed them. Yes, sorry, please continue. Blessings. And, no, but but you presented yourself to them and uh, they found that they were still resisting inclusiveness and... Um, I will, that's... Um, Resisting inclusiveness seems like a term that maybe all of us would feel a different way. Resist, resist, maybe I can just sit with that for a minute. <laughs> it's good words. I'm just not sure what you mean yet. Well, it, it's, it's, what's well, the fact that, uh, well, we're being I'm, ad out. I'm yeah. identifying Marty and others as, uh, being um, deprived of an inclusive environment in yes. their yes. long line of a family. Yes. Well, and, maybe. And when, yeah. See, sure. and then when uh, they, when you come along with bringing true inclusiveness, they decide not to accept that, to continue to be resistant to it. Sure. And then finally to victimize you um, and to miss this chance for, I'll use a religious term, for salvation, for a different future. Well, to recognize that there is a person suffering in front of you, there is a, there is really a, I don't know which word I want to use, systemic, endemic, uh, difficulty in compassion access for many individuals and for groups and for families and, and whole communities are, are cut off from compassion and cut off from the ability to recognize extreme suffering in front of them because of the depersonalization of living beings. And this, uh, we have the, the violence of colonial methodology conversation that is related to this very much and, and allows for a lot of violent bad actors to hide and continue operating in. Okay, and I seem to have a tendency to 
want to use a name or names um, rather than categories of description of people. And so instead of the, these uh, uninclusive types, I'm going to use Marty. And you, you can. He has, so I, if we're going to use, we're going to use words about Marty, who has been mentioned many times because when my original great traumas happened, I was screaming for help in public for a very long time. And so it's been all over the internet. Um, so uh, Marty has declined to be part of this conversation in private while I was undergoing violence and begging everyone I knew for assistance to get away from it. And they all ignored me or, or said that there was something wrong with me and other things happened and there are other details. Um, but that gives some context and yeah, that's fine. N names are fine because the ones that you know are the ones that have already been public since then. I don't think there is a name that you know that hasn't been public since then, and all of them basically the same situation, having declined to communicate in ways that have um, regenerated terrible ongoing community violence. Um, so there's a context. Hey, I made words. I'm proud of me. Um, please, please continue. I hope I didn't. I hope I didn't go on too long. No, it, it's, it's, it's just that um, there's another factor at work that I guess I'm not seeing that means that when um, poorly background... Uh, what was that word again? I'm sorry. Poorly background. P poorly People who poorly come out, out of it of an environment that doesn't that support is, them. <gasps> that's not healthy. Yeah, people who come out of an environment, people, I mean, we were all, the, the, the environments continually. I had, I had certain amazing privileges and refuges growing up in my, in my biological family. Um, but all of us have been affected in some way by the terribly violent and toxic environments we have all been brought up in. And that has affected my family multi-generationally. And I'm not sure that there is a family that is not in some way possibly invisibly violently affected multi-generationally. I think we are coming to terms with ourselves as this planetary organism, having experienced a lot of violence over what is called history. And we're learning about ourselves and one another. And, and we're... We are only now starting to really notice that we have these opportunities. So that's really, it's really, really a blessing. Um, I, would, I would like to know where the original point was before I started adding context. Oh, I have to stop squinting. No more squinting. Please continue. Okay, well, <laughs> see, and, and when I'm... Um, um, trying to uh, to uh, act within a frame of reference of um, uh, of c c culture 
environment and therefore influences um, that are working away um, within us as we move on we um, each of us find a survival demand we don't want to lose whatever power our past history has given us whatever gifts that we have and and a one the one that's in um, possession for each of us is a kind of a hierarchy of um, of power that we are struggling with on the inside since we're born since we're born into hospital environments with all of these unfortunate qualities yeah. the perinatal trauma and then on from there at such a range it's so yep. it's such a privilege to be able to process these things in community environments and that has only been possible because of survivors of greatest severity who are our severely disabled core organizers who are literally daily being killed at our various intersections because of a lack of intersectional awareness. Um, I would like to refer to intuitive.pub slash intersections and the work of Kimberly Crenshaw, who first talked very importantly about intersections. Um, there are links to her work on that page. Um, there's my interjection. Blessings. Mm -hmm. Well, um, this might just seem to be uh, not a um, promising path for uh, understanding, but let me offer it and you can toss it out or do with it as you will. But uh, I'm just going to make the statement that, that all of us um, individually or as members of a particular group uh, can be, you know, that reality can be described as living in a, a bumper um, bashing bumper bashing environment. You know, the, the, at the, when you go to yeah, an amusement yeah. park. Oh, yeah. They call those amusement parks. I, I seem to recall. You are correct. It, bumper cars. Bumper carts. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a bumper car. Teacups. And, Teacups. And, and it's, <laughs> usually, it's usually round. And there's lots of cars. And um, it, they've got big uh, fenders on them. And they're and, noisy, uh, and the EMF is off the mm -hmm. handle, but it's such an adrenaline-soaked environment that, you know, you can... I'm looking forward to one day 
navigating again such a thing just for an interesting experience if such an experience is ever again a possibility please continue uh-huh. yeah well as i said what i'm trying to say is the very nature of of our being is contextual and it's 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 powered uh, by the desire to survive. Sure. And, <laughs> we and, we and don't want to die. Yes. Yeah. See, and and therefore, we we are driven by that that uh, multi. Well, that that. Um, That totality, yeah. That 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 the our inclu- world, the inclusion me, of all these sh- things. Sorry, excuse me, I, I missed that. <laughs> the inclusion of all of these various influences, all of these things. I, I apologize. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a word that sometimes is used about uh, you know what creation is, but that, that where things start out is chaos and that uh, it's it's the bumper cop chaos where we can't not be doing violence to each other and that and that the people doing the violence are trying to preserve their hegemony their hierarchy of power and their ability to be in control, and that's a that's a frightful, ongoing commitment to violence by the very nature, the foundational nature of our lives, which is chaos. I I will. I will never think of bumper cars quite the same way again, for which I am grateful. Well, I, I hope it's just not a, um, you know, a fancy. Um, oh, it's perfect. Use of a fancy vocabulary. No, it's, it's perfect. It, it's exactly. I mean, I could unpack so much. We could do a series of episodes based on that exact reference. I am not kidding. Uh-huh. Um, and it's really good for me because there's also the aspect of physical violence. And, I mean, analogically, I would never get into a bumper cart again because it would destroy my body. I would die? I would die? Question mark? I'm in the process of strengthening. <laughs> but bumper cars um, shake you about violently. <laughs> To condition you to certain kinds of space pods, possibly, but not to our well-being. I don't. I don't think. Um, but I mean, it's a violent world, and and I get kids. Kids from birth are being conditioned to tolerate and uh, propag- propagate violence in in all of these really subconscious ways. And then, if the patterns, if the patterns that have been installed in them intentionally by bad actors um, in their environments, um, if, if those are the patterns they've got when something really goes wrong 
and the patterns need to change organically, emergently, they can't do it. They're being poisoned. Dr. Lisa Nagy, I don't know, I think I have mentioned her name, but I mean, I'm not sure when. Um, Dr. Lisa Nagy, N-A-G-Y, talks about the specific differences that have been noticed as as regards, um, there's sort of a men generally and women generally thing, but it is not entirely, it's not gender specific. Um, people have different have different biologies and different expressions, um, but there are trends in the subclinical effects of vi- environmental contaminants and biotoxins that that are not being uh, that are not being considered by policymakers. Um, and what's happening is it's kind of it's just a way of looking at it, but in this case, it's dividing the population who is most affected by these things into the people who have um, who have severe uh, manifestations of their body's reactions to Stachybotrys mold, for instance, and a bunch of other things that we can discuss. T.me slash S slash Notes on Refuge. Notes on Refuge is also at Anchor FM. I think you can find it in the search bar. I hope you can find it in the search bar. Um, the... What's happening is, so for instance, oh, wow. So people around me, Marty, for instance, and others, were affected subclinically, is what we say, subclinically. Um, I'm making quotes around it with my fingers. Um, They were subclinically affected by many of the same things that were violently affecting me but they were violently affecting me in a way that has been disclaimed by large portions of scientific community for reasons that we can possibly discuss in other place um but the the fact is that some of them can't think clearly and are having health issues and consider themselves invisibly disabled in a variety of ways they they can't really talk about yet they don't know how to verbalize And if someone is really severely affected around them, then they are forced to reckon with those person's different symptoms. And many of them choose to say this person's making it up because they have been successfully marketed to in an environment where they are exposed to the same contaminants and biotoxins that are much more aggressively and and gruesomely killing um, some, some of us. Um, and, and when we talk about survivors of severity and when we talk about our intuitive dot pub slash intersections, um, those are, those are many necessary to mention. Did I answer? Oh, I don't know if there was a question. I have no idea what I was saying, but I'm glad that I said it, whatever it was. Blessings. Yeah. And I was, um, I, I, you know, I didn't catch the uh, the point of the question. So, <laughs> um, uh, oh, 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 no, Lisa Nagy. Uh, I, I needed okay. to get back there. So Lisa Nagy has has noticed, and many others have also noticed how how we're affected by these different contaminants, and when we know that that's happening, we really need it to be reflected in our environments, and we need the good people 
who are mostly the, the living beings in those environments, people who are not in any way intentionally perpetuating violence. We need them to, to ensure our kind of inclusion, which is so, it's, it's so helpfully diverse in the ways that it can manifest. We can include people in, in so many ways that many people haven't thought of because they're being affected by toxins in their communities and bad air quality, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what we are able to do is to make sure that we can all think together and, and have community experiences together, whether that is happening in real time or in person, like in physical environments or in digital environments, as is very often needed. And when we help one another in those ways and include one another in those ways, there is entirely dramatically less distributed suffering. This includes people with and without privileges of various kinds. So it's so important to us that people know that we are, we are trying to offer up these tool sets to many, many more people. And it is, it's really urgently needed for more communities to understand that such tool sets are available because it changes everything. And that is, that is really apparent to spend some continuing time building relationships with us and working with us, there is something happening at our, our, our new kinds of intersections about nourishment and, and the regeneration of life energy and honoring living beings, where we recognize the sacredness of the material that constitutes the world that is all of us. We're all, we're all an organism. And some people call that organism God. And some people call that organism Shekhinah, who I sang with this morning. But so many other names, and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what the thread of the conversation was. But we don't have to. Yep. We have been on the phone a long time. Yeah, let's see how much time we have been on the phone. Um, oh, like an hour. Uh, I think we should yeah. go to our self-care. I think what we yeah. have accomplished here is is extremely respectable. And I would yep. like to put it on the radio. So so I'm going to do that with the little last of my energy that is still... That is still going Are you going to here. put everything on, or do you think there might be a couple of, uh, um, you know, bind uh, uh, cul-de-sacs that we could? Uh, <laughs> I don't. Maybe... I don't really have the ability to edit right now, so anything I cannot edit has to stay in the long production queue, and I never, sure. I never know when I'll get to it again. So for me, um, as I've been doing this, I'm conceptualizing it as broadcasting live because it's really the closest thing I have to broadcasting live Um, and that lets me do that but if you have any part that you would like edited out I'll just we'll talk about it on our next call and I'll I'll write it down and then I'll edit it later it's not um, I guess I was just thinking um, and uh, and my kind of uh, uh, in admiration of uh, of the bumper car (laughs) 
metaphor and uh, am I a little too tied up in that? I don't oh, know. Oh, it's important I, to me. It's so important uh, to me. Please bring it up as often as you like. Good. Okay. Well, sh- shall we just say, uh, let's uh, uh, be very grateful to each other and then find uh, that cup of tea and heat it up a little bit and sort of <laughs> <laughs> catch our breath. But when would, when would we uh, come on back to... Uh, to our, uh, our contact tomorrow. Let me just check if our regular time is right there where I think it is. It's, um, I've got, I've got you at 1030 tomorrow morning. If you would like to, if you would like to meet then, and if you would like to suggest another one, I'm, I'm very okay. interested. It's, it's tomorrow morning is Sunday, March 1. So let's, um, nope. Tomorrow uh, morning is Sunday, the 28th. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The following day is St. David's Day. Okay, that's right. Um, So it's 28. I've got uh, I've got us down at uh, 11:30 tomorrow. Is that right? Oh, that's not what I have, but that's fine for me. Do you want 11:30 tomorrow? No, no, except. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's no. I'm wrong on that. Let me let me see. Uh, I'm uh, it, it, it's one thirty. Is that right? No, no way. Sunday the twenty eighth. Sunday the twenty eighth. Uh, I don't have anything down for us. I got mass at eleven thirty. Oh. I've got somebody, and I've got somebody at um, three o'clock. How about ten thirty tomorrow, Sunday, twenty eighth? Uh, let me think just a moment. Sunday, twenty eighth, ten thirty. I'll call you. Okay. Blessings. Thank you. Thank you. Good rest of the day now. And yes. Thanks. Thanks for the mental gymnastics. Aha. Ha ha. Yes. Thank you for thank you for the compassionate and inclusive conversations. They are such blessings. Well, amen. Amen. Mutual gratitude. A woman. Take care. <laughs> yeah. Peace.